Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is not Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown. It is Matt Brown and Jonathan Von Tobel here on the desk, but we are going down to beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, where Stormy Bonatoni is and has been able to catch up with people throughout the course of the day. We will. Uh, Get to those a little bit later in the hour here. But Stormy did want to check in with you. We do have the final four teams. It did play out kind of how we thought, where if USC lost, that would be the team that got penalized and, and Ohio State would slip in there. And so do you have any qualms with how things ended up? No, I think that things played out exactly the way that they should. And, I mean, Pac-12 going to Pac-12, right? I was so epically disappointed in the performance from USC and there's nothing you can do when Caleb Williams takes an injury like that and tries to play through it and unfortunately for him now dealing with what his head coach is calling a significant hamstring injury he might not even be able to play in the bowl game against Tulane which if that is the case give me the points with the green wave baby but that's neither here nor there um yeah I think one through four things played out as they should TCU despite the loss is in deservedly so and now we're just going to see how things play out in these semifinal games. It's going to be good, but where things look, at least on the surface to me, is is the favorites are probably the way, which just further cements, Matt, how much I know you hate the idea of the expanded playoff, and already when we have big favorites like this, it gives you a hard time. Yes, there is. there are 
There are future lines also available at mm-hmm. DraftKings as well, mm-hmm. where Georgia would be a 15-and-a-half-point favorite over TCU. But, yes, by all means, 12 teams should well, be Well, it actually opened up as 14-point favorite, <laughs> so a lot of people were betting that up. And uh, if part of it is factoring in the line adjusting just because if TCU pulls off the upset, their power mm-hmm. rating would be improved. Uh, Stormy, so you said the favorites are the way to go. Would you mean that from a spread standpoint as well? You're just saying, like, we're going to get those two to move on. I think those two are going to move on, but I mean, from a spread standpoint, for me, especially in the Georgia-Ohio State game in the Peach Bowl, I mean, they're playing in their home away from home. Kirby Smart playing in his, I mean, coaching in his eighth college football playoff game between being a head coach and an assistant coach, whereas the other coaches have, I want to say four combined. So it's, He's got the experience. This team is so dialed in. They're so good. And the way that Ohio State looked in that second half against Michigan just makes me feel so high on Georgia taking that next step and winning by a touchdown plus. I want TCU to be an underdog success story against Michigan. I just, I find it very hard to believe, although Max Duggan has been one of the most impressive players in college football to me this season. So who's to say counting them out, especially getting nine in this case. So maybe if I were, if you forced me to pick an underdog, I would pick TCU plus the points, but I'm probably going to stay away from that game altogether. Matt, for what it's worth too, by the way, I did, uh, I already, I'm in agreement with Stormy. I did already lay six and a half with Georgia. So. All right. So um, there and, we have it. Stormy, hey now. before we, uh, before we let you go, you were on vacation on Friday in Detroit. You're on vacation today in Scottsdale. You got a couple more vacations coming up. You kill me. They are not vacations. I am a hardworking woman. <laughs> um, but, yes, I do have a couple coming up this bowl season. Um, really looking forward to the Cure Bowl. I'm going to be doing Ooh. out in Orlando between Troy and UTSA, both of them winning their respective conference championships, sneaking into that final top 25 of the CFP rankings. So I think that will be a fun one. Two teams that started their non-con one and two and then ripped off ten straight wins coming into this game. So I'm excited for that. And then a little less excited about coming back here to Phoenix for the guaranteed rate bowl at the end of the month because both Graham Mertz and Spencer Sanders, the starting quarterbacks for both of Wisconsin and Oklahoma State are in the transfer portal. So that's not my favorite news <laughs> to hear um, when it comes to uh, a game that I'll be doing, but we will make it fun and we'll talk plenty of Luke Fickle. So there uh, you go. I'll say uh, Stormy real quick that uh, you're not missing much with Graham Mertz. So I think it might be a benefit that he's not playing. Uh, all right. She is Stormy Bonantoni. She'll be back here on the desk tomorrow, Stormy. We're looking forward to uh, you being able to catch up with some of the people down there a little bit later in the show as well. Have fun. Have a safe flight. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you. And when you did intro me earlier, you sounded a little bit too happy to say not Stormy Bonantoni, but you're stuck with me. I will be back tomorrow, my friend. All righty. All right. Well, I can't wait. And I have a present for you. <laughs> so we, we've got that. It came early, by oh, the way. No. Yes. I'm yeah, scared. Yeah, it did. It came early. I'm scared. All right, John. So, yeah, we're looking here at the uh, at the Final Four. And like we mentioned, there are these look-ahead lines that are mm-hmm. available over at DraftKings. Ohio State and Michigan would be Ohio State by three. Michigan-Georgia would be Georgia minus seven and a half. Ohio State-TCU would be Ohio State ten, uh, minus ten and a half. And then, as, as we just mentioned, Georgia-TCU would be Georgia minus 15 and a half. Yeah, so I thought, one, so I mentioned the line move there. I figured 14 was kind of low for Georgia mm-hmm. against TCU, uh, so that has moved a little bit. DraftKings apparently made some adjustments there. And uh, I will be, uh, I'm not shocked by it mm-hmm. um, that Ohio State is favored. I am kind of surprised that it is a full three if right. that is going to be the case. And, look, these are look-ahead lines, and who knows if we even get that matchup. 
So maybe you move because if you take like a solid bet on that, you'll you'll be more willing to move. And actually talking to Matt Grill, who works at DraftKings yesterday on our College Football Lines Real Show, uh, that was one of the first bets he took actually on those look headlines was uh, Ohio State uh, laying it mm. with Ohio State against Michigan. But it also speaks to, again, when we talk about these sort of things like power ratings and whatnot, I was talking to a couple of people who were shocked and I told them, oh, yeah, no, Ohio State would be favored uh, like in a rematch. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, what? Like, no, that's the way power that's ratings work, man. That's just the way it works, right? A team that was an eight-point favorite over <laughs> you know, one of them at home, that doesn't just flip all of a sudden in the next time they meet because of one result. And I, I look, I think there's a very strong argument to be made outside of the five plays, the explosive plays that Michigan had in that game. Ohio State actually gave up less than four yards per play in mm-hmm. the other the other plays in between. So you contain a little bit of what the mistakes that you made, and you're uh, you're probably facing a much better result. Who knows if you win? But it's a right. lot tighter than the final score indicates. But no, it's it's not entirely surprising. And obviously, like you said, the the big takeaway is how much respect Georgia has yes. to be laying over seven and a half. Uh, in a uh, national championship game against their opponent, and then 15 and a half <laughs> if they do get the other team. That's just, I know, it's just, it's wild. Like, yep. we're going to have a, we're going to have a, if Georgia does make, we're going to have a touchdown plus favorite uh, in the national championship game. That's just how good that team has been all season long. All right, John, we teased this basically the entire show. There were two major, major injuries in the NFL, and they are, they are to teams that people, you know, kind of yep. respect. And certainly one team that people were looking at as maybe even a sleeper for the Super Bowl. Let's talk the first one, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. You knew that was done. So, like, yep. he got up, foot was turned sideways. So, yeah, broken foot out for the season. Jeez. They go to Brock Purdy, but like, that's probably not going to be the case. They uh, Listen, I know this has been everyone's joke all day long. It, look, Baker Mayfield is an upgrade over mm-hmm. the seventh round last pick in the draft. And who, Josh Johnson, who they signed, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and so it just, it makes all the sense in the world. I can't imagine that they don't at least, if they aren't making a serious, serious, serious look at all this, because again, the way that this offense is, and if we really and truly believe in what a lot of these people have said, that it was never Jimmy G, mm-hmm. it was all Shanahan, and you could almost stick any quarterback in there, right? And it would and it would function. We have seen the Bethards of the world come in and have success in multiple ga- multiple stretch multiple game stretches, things like that. So, I think Baker Mayfield, and I'm not, I don't think I'm being crazy by saying this. Like, I think Baker Mayfield, with that amount of talent, and if the coaching staff, you know, has a couple of weeks to work with him and all this stuff like that, like, I think they could be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the Niners could be perfectly fine. Now are they Super Bowl contenders? Probably not, but I mean it's a, still a really really good defense with a whole bunch of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. No, I, I think that's the case. Uh, like I, I think that you probably the question I think is just do they claim them on waivers or they let them pass through and then yeah. try to sign them? Because there's not really another team I would think that's out there like chomping at the bit to get Baker right. Mayfield. So I think you take that shot. But it, it seems like a match made in heaven. This was a pairing that we thought was going to be made in the offseason potentially as well mm-hmm. when he was still with Cleveland. And we've seen Baker Mayfield under lesser offensive coordinators right, yeah. do pretty well. And if Michael, if, excuse me, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan um, is the guy that we expect, a coach that out of all the other 31 coaches in the NFL is probably the only one worth something to a point spread yeah. given how much respect he has with the way he runs his offense. If somebody's going to do anything with him, uh, that would be him. And you even see some of these other teams, like you're looking at the, uh, the odds via DraftKings. 
Why in the world would it seem like the Rams go to get him? Like, they know what's going on here. Yes. There's no need to go and waste no. time to do that. Same thing with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, who have, you know, yes, Matt Ryan and his dead arm throwing picks all over the place. Maybe they're a long shot, but again, you've got enough on your roster. you got Ellinger, you got Nick Foles, and maybe you're gonna just going to roll with those guys. Texans, same do not deal. Waste. If you want to bet right. the Texans, send the money to, like, right. I will take that action because they moved to Kyle Allen to continue to lose games. Like, Correct. like you don't want to make the team better. Correct. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> like, Davis Mills is the better quarterback, yeah. and he got benched for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and then the same goes the rest of the rest of the way. The Falcons, the Cardinals, yeah. the Bucks. There's no need for all these teams. There's only one team that makes sense, and it would be the 49ers. Yeah, and so what we have right here is I think the betting market is almost kind of saying that they might make this move, too, because we look – as we look at the Super Bowl odds right now, Bills plus 350, Chiefs 5 to 1, Eagles 5 to 1, Cowboys 7 to 1. And then we land on the 49ers at 12 to 1, right? And I mean, if it was Brock Purdy, I do not think we would be sitting 49ers 12 to 1 still in the market for for the Super Bowl. They it is it is almost everyone guessing that they are going to make some sort of drastic move that here. Like, like I say man, like they, the market respects Kyle Shanahan. They, yeah. they, and like I I don't blame them. Purdy wasn't terrible, but uh, I, I would say that I, I feel like even if like we talk all about the time with news on a, like a week to week basis with injury, mm-hmm. once it becomes officially official, what is that nine to one, something like that for the 49ers? Does that get adjusted to? I don't think it sits at twelve to one if Baker Mayfield officially goes over there. Might be worth grabbing twelve to one with him. By the way, if you're Christian McCaffrey, you're like, oh, I thought I escaped this. Guy. <laughs> I thought I got out of here. <laughs> Man, he's like, he's like, oh my god, some of the stuff I said as I was leaving, or right. whatever, you know, like we have no idea what went on behind. Closed doors. Wow. Uh, after the win, though, Cincinnati now up to twelve to one to uh, to win the Super Bowl. And again, I, I this is a team I want to talk to you about on the other side here because I think that as we start to really say who are who are true, true, true contenders, and who are some of these teams that are pretenders. I don't think you and I ever really bought in on the Ravens thing anyway. Certainly. Right. With the Lamar Jackson injury, that's going to completely alter things. Um, not going to be able to go this week, and is being, I think at least at the beginning of the week, being cautiously elicited as week to week, but it seems like it's going to be something even longer than that. So we'll talk to Cincinnati Bengals team here on the other side and see if maybe there's anything worth betting with Cincinnati. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. 
Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Rumor has it sometimes every nine minutes, John. So just yes. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits. Another way that VEASAN is here to make you more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. You're just joining us. Storm Bond and Tony's down in Scottsdale, Arizona. We've already touched base with her a couple of different times, but they have been there all day long as the DraftKings Sportsbook is getting underway down there. They're breaking dirt. The shovels have hit the hit the dirt down there, John, right. and they're going ahead and uh and gonna be build that standalone. Did you show me a shovel? Like, did she get to actually help with her? Oh, you know, how they do the ceremonial yeah, the groundbreaking, like that. Yeah, where all the people dress nicely, just like stick the shovels look, in the ground, with and the they all, and then yeah. they stop and pose for the yeah. picture or whatever. There better be. There be. There. There better be. We'll, we'll, in a hard hat. I'll, I'll. I'll ask tomorrow with all that. But she was able to catch up a little bit early with DraftKings Chief Business Officer Ezra Kuchards, and this is what he had to say. Well, it's obviously a very, very special day for DraftKings and the PGA coming together for, you you know, we say first of its kind, but that's really legit in this state. There's never been. It is. This is uh, the first uh, PGA Tour uh, slash TPC course that will have a sports book on it. It's really exciting. You know, the the PGA Tour, the, the city of Scottsdale, the Thunderbirds, all everybody came together. And now we have this uh, sports book that'll be open here probably this next fall. And uh, we're really, really excited about it. It'll be a, a fun place to come watch games or just um, have a great meal. It feels like such a perfect match, too, with this being the host site of the Waste Management Phoenix Open as well. How did this all come together? So um, when, um, when sports betting was legalizing here in the state, um, we had some conversations with the PGA Tour uh, and some others. 
about um, you know trying to um, have a partnership so that we can actually build a sports book and um, we love the guys at the PGA Tour. We do a lot of business with them, and they uh, put together a, you know, a great opportunity for us. And then the planets aligned between the city, the state, um, the Arizona Gaming Commission, and uh, that's how it happened. So I think that was like probably back in 2019. Yeah. The renderings look pretty incredible. What all can you tell us that this is going to encompass? So um, it's going to be, I think, 12,000 square feet. It's a big sports book. Um, it'll be a place you can come have a great meal or if you just want some cocktails. There's a ton of outdoor space. There's fire pits. It'll um, it'll be fun. It's, uh, you know, it's one of these things where it's it's fun to, like, sit at home at times with, uh, you know, your family or friends watching a game and betting on your phone. This will be uh, just as exciting when you have you have the ability to come to a venue that um, you'll be able to come with a couple hundred people and uh, watch games and place bets. I'll leave you with this. I just need to know something personal about you. How does one go from NASA to working with media and CBS to then fantasy and betting? How does this happen in one person? It, uh, it is, uh, I like to say I'm a little bit like Forrest Gump. There's no exact master plan. It just all sort of happened. And uh I did when I got out of the Army. I did work at NASA for a number of years as a mission controller. And then uh, through a confluence of just accidents, I ended up in the sports media business. And I've been doing sports media now close to 30 years. Wow. Well, very happy yeah. accident that that worked yeah, out. Ezra, it, thank you so much. Great we appreciate you. the right, time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Stick around. Stormy also caught up with Scott Warfield of the PGA. We'll hit, hit that next segment in here, uh, John, I did want to talk to you about Cincinnati. So they go out. This game against the Chiefs was no joke. Like the, a lot of people yep. want to poke holes in games and things and start to say, "Oh, this, that, and the other. This is why this happened." No, they just beat they, they they just beat the Chiefs. Everybody's number one power rated team heading into this weekend. They just beat them and beat them pretty soundly. And and you look and look, Joe Burrow. I think is barring injury, of course, I think he is on the same trajectory as any of these other quarterbacks that we're saying are going to be surefire Hall, Hall of Fame guys. And all of those weapons around him, that defense starting to play much better. DJ Reader getting back in there has been unbelievable for this team. It's crazy how one guy on a defensive line can really shift and how they can play defense as a whole, right? Because he takes so much up so much space and is so good that they can sometimes just rush three and have everybody just kind of drop back and do different things. So like they're able to do completely different schemes with the defense that that they were just not able to do for six weeks whenever he was out. And so I think this is a true, real contender, a team that is on the upswing, and probably the only thing that can hold him back is going to be Zach Taylor and some of his bonehead decisions <laughs> that he makes. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And um, look, it's, for me, the number, I'm going to do it like this. You know the number that sticks out to me from yesterday, Matt? <laughs> it's the number eight. And you might be wondering, what is that number? That is the number of dropbacks which Joe Burrow was pressured on. Only right. eight. Only right. eight only eight dropbacks he was pressured on. Like that's the other part about this is we watch this team kind of improve, get healthy, whatever. You know, I got to talk um, to uh, Jay Morrison, who covers the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday as part of our Live at Sunday mm -hmm. show. And one of the things he brought up was the improved play of this offensive line as well. Mm -hmm. And that has really been the case. The first part of the season, we were all asking, like, Dude, you spent all these resources improving yeah. this offensive line. What happened? This thing has come together really well for them. So if you're going to tell me that Joe Burrow now, if the pressure is going to start to get alleviated and he's not going to be experiencing it as much on top of having all these weapons and this defense playing much better, so you can get him at 15 to one to win the Super Bowl over at Circa, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's around the price you could find the Cincinnati Bengals. Why would that not be? Because you and I were talking about this off the air. 
I, I'm kind of at the point now where I don't think there's this gap between the Buffalo right. Bills and the rest of the pecking order in the AFC and in the NFL as a whole. Josh Allen continues to put the ball in danger, no matter who the opponent is. Uh, I think this Cincinnati Bengals team has a lot of upper mobility. And we said this on Friday, but it is a team with true with two true number one receivers, and you just don't get that very often in the NFL. And then we see yesterday the play when it counted, when it mattered. Burrow goes to Higgins, puts it in a very tight window. He makes an unbelievable catch to secure the game for them, and then that was game, set, match. And so, again, it was the trust that he didn't have to go to Chase in that situation, right? He was able to go to Higgins and didn't even think twice about it. Hits him in a very small window, and I I think that when you look at this offense and how it's constructed – it is just going to be a nightmare, I think, for just about any defense because they can kind of come at you in multiple different ways. And with this offensive line performing like they are now, like you said, if Burrow has time, it is going to be bad news for a lot of teams. It is, man. And, and, and look, I don't think it's a short sample size. It's only mm-hmm. three games. But it's not a negative to have three wins over the Kansas City Chiefs over the last season and a half, we'll mm-hmm. call it, and clearly have – whether you want to call it some sort of advantage, at the very least, a lot of confidence going yes. into a matchup with Kansas City in a postseason. And we'll see if they run into Buffalo, what that would look like. But as we talked about, Josh Allen has not fallen off of a cliff, but has looked much more like the old Josh Allen that was consistently uh, you know, turning the ball over, or at least risking that. Uh, the AFC is starting to shift a lot more towards Cincinnati. And the other part that you brought up, the Ravens are not as good as their record indicates. Right. Now with, you know, with uh, Lamar Jackson being injured going forward, uh, a lot of stuff I think is coming up Cincinnati and the AFC. So what we're looking at now from an MVP standpoint, and we'll talk about this uh, the second guy here, but Joe Burrow, 6-1 to one now mm-hmm. as an MVP over at DraftKings. Patrick Mahomes is still your favorite, plus 125. And then comes Jalen Hurts at plus 175. The Eagles go out. You and I ended up on the same number. We didn't We didn't text. We didn't whatever. We, we both wake up on Sunday morning. We're like, okay, four. this is just this has just gone too far. Like, sure. I, I can't deal with this anymore. So we both end up on the four with the Eagles. They go out. And convincingly, and if anyone had any sort of doubts about this Eagles team, and I don't know why they did anyway, but if anyone had any sort of doubts about this Eagles team, they have just gone out and proven that they can play bully ball with people or, as you and I said, path of least resistance. Oh, they're really good against the run? Well, then we got a guy who actually can throw the ball pretty well, and we have two really good receivers. And what do they do? They just go out and throw the ball all over the place and show that they don't have to be – they're not a one-dimensional team. They're not just a run, run, run pass when they have to. They can pass all over you if they want to. Yep. Uh, uh, It was interesting to see the market and the way that their relationship kind of sunk off with the Eagles after getting burned a couple of times. But, no, you're right. And I think we also saw a realish version of what Tennessee was as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. the, The Titans are clearly a pretty flawed team. You can get through a division that has a lot of weak teams in it, right, consistently on a year-to-year basis. But when you run into some of these teams uh, that are clearly better than you, uh, you're going to have some problems with your defense. It showed a lot of cracks at the beginning of the year, yeah. ran into a soft portion of the schedule, and statistically got a lot better. But, no, I thought that was a really impressive performance from Philadelphia. And overall, like, favorable matchup, you're at home, that's fine. Uh, but to kind of get back into form and to win this comfortably the way they did, I, I was thoroughly impressed with them. I'm I'm far too biased in this, so I just need your unbiased opinion because yeah. I have a Jalen Hurts 40 to 1 MVP ticket in my account. Plus 125 Mahomes, Hurts is plus 175. Burrow, of course, closing the gap here with right. how he's playing at six to one. Who do you, is it still Mahomes in your mind as of today? I guess yes, but like mm-hmm. I feel like the uh, there's not there's not really like a huge gap at all. Mm-hmm. The, the odds represent that. To be honest with you, I think it's the guy we're talking about that comes up from the pack and maybe burns both of them. If Burrow continues playing yes. like this yes. and they snag like a one seed or something like that, I, I think that would not be surprising to see him take that thing, man. Yeah, I think to the sentiment around Burrow, like just 
likable dude, like whatever dude, else. Like I think likeable, people yeah. want to. I think people want to vote for him. Like I think there's there would be like this if someone had a choice and it was a coin flip. Let's say it's a coin flip. You know, between all three of the guys, by the time the season's all said and done, there's no discernible difference in the statistics. The different thing. I think people would prefer to vote. I honestly do. Like, I mean, yeah. it's human beings, and we have to handicap human beings sometimes. Like, I think people would prefer to vote for Burrow. But I don't think Hurts would get the credit that a guy like Burrow deserves, or like that Burrow gets, yeah. I should say, right? As a passer, as how that offense operates a lot is, hey, that's Burrow, mm-hmm. as opposed to Hurts is, oh, it's the scheme. Oh, it's yep. A.J. Brown. Oh, it's the running game wins. He deserves a lot of credit. When we come back, we'll head back down to Scottsdale, Stormy, hit, uh, getting with Scott Warfield of the PGA. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make game day more chill with some extra cash. Play free during college football season. Coors like college football pick them. Join 15 free-to-play pools for your shot at 5000 in weekly prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light. Pick them now to join in on the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment. 21 or over only. Terms, conditions, and other eligibility and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As always, drink responsibly and also probably an old read um uh, college football season's over so anyway uh we'll, we'll see we'll see how that all, all yeah we'll see how that all plays out uh head back down to scottsdale right now stormy was able to catch up with scott warfield pga vp of gaming and talk a little bit about what's going on with the pga and the betting side of things well scott we really appreciate you taking some time Absolutely. with us uh the groundbreaking today is this the step where it starts to feel real that all the hard work that's been put into this is coming to fruition 100 percent uh, we kind of had a, a pinch me moment when standing back there watching it all unfold and seeing what um, what we've all been working on, yeah. right? Um, no easy task, but having a partner like DraftKings um, behind it from day one is kind of kind of what got us here for sure. What is the level of excitement for like people that are going to be coming to this sports book and to have the ability to go in there, place a bet, have a great experience, and then walk right out here and see some of their favorite players tee off? I, I think that's a huge piece, but I, I think even maybe even bigger than that is the 90,000 rounds of golf that happen here throughout the year. That now, you know, Buddy's trip, instead of going to Bandon or Kiowa, you're going to say, let's go to TPC Scottsdale, play two world-class golf courses, and then go sit in a sports book and watch the NBA Finals. Go watch the Super Bowl. Go watch the Masters. Um, I think it's going to be a tremendous asset to the tournament. But I'm also excited about those other 51 weeks of the year. Yeah. So VP of gaming with the PGA, can you talk to us a little bit about just the growth of golf betting in general? It's been great. Um, you know, we're we're um, what I'll say is we've been a smaller um, percentage of handle than than maybe your traditional stick and ball sports, uh, basketball, football, and baseball here in the states. But from a percentage growth standpoint, we're kind of out outpacing a lot of our our competitors, and I think a lot of that is the growth of in-play betting. Um, as we're starting to see more people here stateside get comfortable with closest to the pin, lowest score on the next hole. Um, this sport, our pace of play, lend itself perfectly to in-play betting. And I think, um, you know, we're, we, we, we're going to continue to see growth on that, that front with, with great partners like DraftKings. Well, I know especially my, my co-host on my show, Matt, is obsessed with golf betting. So he's very happy to hear that it's growing yeah, and all of that. Absolutely. So thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it is, you know, PGA, one of the first to really embrace all of this, hire a guy to come on and, and be in charge of all that. And, and, you know, I've said this a million different times, John, and I don't know when we'll finally get there. Of course, we need better, you know, 
internet connection widespread across the the country. We need better cell phone and all this stuff. But I, I think that golf in general is the game that can benefit the most from the legalization of sports betting because it's just one, there's four different days you can bet or you get a four day sweat out of it. And from a live betting aspect, there's nothing that is built better for live betting than golf because it takes a couple of minutes between strokes. So you can actually get, you know, new markets populated. I mean, you know how frustrating it is trying to bet live NBA and all this, but with golf, it's, it's just custom made for, for growth. I think, I mean, one of the biggest untapped markets out here in, in Las Vegas and in Nevada is the live, Yes, betting of golf like mm-hmm. that is the one thing that you wish you could do, especially as it's coming down the stretch mm-hmm. of a tournament, whatever it is. And we mean live betting in like like stroke to stroke, getting yes. updated. Uh, there are some, of course, exchanges where you can bet the no on guys, so they get off the really hot starts. You can bet, mm-hmm. come in and get against them in the first day. Um, no, you're absolutely right. And it, like we talk about all the time, we talked about this when this first started growing. They just use a sport that I enjoy a lot of it in terms of basketball. Do you think that later today somebody is going in and willingly watching? I'll pull up a terrible one up. You know, Clippers Hornets with no Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, right? right? If they don't have any action on it, right? Like, of course not. So, like, that's the one where you can grow your game because people will be more interested in it. But golf, I mean, that's how I got into golf. I yep. love golf. You want to know why? Because yeah. I started betting on it yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's such an it's such an awesome game to bet, and I, and and I think that this is. Look, I saw I've seen some stuff out at G2E last few years where there are some people that are working as to how to figure out how to get the the live golf markets up to where basically you would be able to pick like, okay, I wanna I wanna bet between these five groups or so, you know, yeah. and you could even like customize your your betting experience when it comes to all that. So hopefully that comes to fruition here in the next few years. John, we we got to talking about something off camera, and I actually do want to bring it up here in this rookie of the year deal because yeah, well that's that's the plus 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 subscription. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, but Kenneth Walker it gets injured, and with that, this kind of has brought up who is going to be the offensive rookie of the year yet again. Because now, even though he is still the odds-on betting favorite, it's just two to one, and Christian Watson thing plus two twenty-five, Garrett Wilson three to one, and then Olave is 450. I do think it's probably one of those three guys who have a solidified starting role who are getting multiple targets, who are going to put up numbers each and every week, as opposed to some of these others, mm-hmm. a little bit long, longer shots, the Brian Robinson's, the Pacheco's, the, the pickets and stuff like that of the world. Now, the one I do want to ask you about though, is the picket. It, what if, what if, what if, what if the Steelers rattle off three to four more wins over the course of the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Like is, is there any chance in the world because he's a quarterback and because quarterbacks get so much praise for how the what the final result is for a team. Is there any chance in the world? Do you think Pickett could come from behind here? I mean, maybe so I'm trying to pull up the standings really yeah. quickly. Cause I just want to look, I just, I wonder if, if there's a way, is there another market that you can bet into that would somewhat correlate to that, but not need Kenny Pickett to win the award, right? Like, so yeah. for example, like betting them to make the playoffs or something like that and getting a, maybe a better price or somewhere in that mm-hmm. range, as opposed to needing Kenny Pickett to, you know, win that award. Yeah. Um, but I like, I think there's obviously a chance the media members are kind of short-sighted. Yes. So quarterbacks are generally pretty easy to vote for when it comes to that. And especially first round quarterbacks for a team uh, that has been playing much better football as of late. But I, for me, like if I'm for my money, if I'm going somewhere other than like these like favorite favorites, yeah. Since Mike White has gotten to this lineup, I mean Garrett Wilson, the targets and what what we've seen from him, mm-hmm. I mean we're talking about 
Eight targets. He had five receptions in that game against Chicago for 95 yards and two touchdowns. He got targeted 14 times this last game <laughs> right. against Minnesota for eight receptions and 162 yards. He kind of had a little bit of a drop-off in production, especially when Wilson got back into this lineup. But I, I think that clearly he's now like the top target here for the New York Jets. And if Walker's going to fall off because of this injury, I mean, I think the targets are still going to be there for Wilson. I I look at this, and the only reason I'm wondering if it's worth a flyer on Pickett is because of how, since they changed the ranked choice voting this year, like, could there be no, enough point, yeah. split between these wide receivers? And it's like, there's, uh, you know, I, I like this one, and then this one's going to be third on my card, and this one, this will be the, like, is there enough people who would put Pickett second? Right, right, and that that eventually like gets enough points to get him to, to win the thing. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it's possible or not, but it, it does. I think at least open up the discussion a little bit more to where since it is three receivers, you could probably make a case for all of them. You could have some disagreement here, some arguments on all that, but maybe Pickett, like I said, wins three you know three games to close out the season or whatever, and he go, they're like, yeah, it's not really Pickett. But I'll put him second on my card. Yeah, and there's enough second places to get him to actually win the thing. Yeah, I mean, I would say that his play hasn't really been that great, but the last two games, I mean, he's graded out really well and yeah. he's played a lot better. And again, like you just. He plays at the, uh, for lack of a better term, like the mouth breather position, right? Mm-hmm. Like where people are just going like, oh, it's a quarterback. Okay. He's got to be pretty good. Let me just vote for him and at least put him second. So, I mean, I think there's a shot. Um, and especially we were talking about what, 25, 30 to one mm-hmm. might be worth it. But if I, I might go a little shorter and look at Wilson as opposed to somebody else. So let's talk about one of the NFL games that everybody was uh, up in arms about yesterday. I'm sure you guys had a nice discussion on it as well. The Jets and the Vikings. Vikings get it done 27 to 22. They cover the three points. Uh, actually got to two and a half at, at, at Circa for a brief minute as well. I came back and double dipped on this thing and it was a sweat. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the jets do find themselves, you know, with a chance there at the end of the game, they don't get it done. And the Vikings moved to 10 and two on the, over the, on the season. Everybody starts screaming, you know, fraud, everyone, just, everything wants to be fraudulent, everything, whatever they start screaming yards per play. And listen, Yards per play is a good baseline for something. It is, you have to look at everything in context and you have to understand that you can't just look at yards per play and then start to try and figure out that a win was fraudulent or whatever. Because you know who else won the yards per play battle this past week? The Dolphins over the 49ers by two, over two yards in two yards per play. I saw a lot of like, oh, Tua, he's incredible. We told you on the first play. Like, all right, come on now. But it's it's one of those things like you can't just blindly look at these things. Like, there's context to all of these things because the. Because the Vikings definitely shifted their strategy in the second half when they were up two touchdowns or whatever, and that affects yards per play. And there was a kneel down at the end of the first half. There were three runs and a punt to close out that last final drive. There's, those are four just garbage wash, washed plays right there. So, again, the, it, there's more to just yards per play than just the number itself. But I guess this just goes back to the same thing that you and I were, were talking about on Friday. And, and you can pull away from this whatever you want to, I think, moving forward. But, again, these are the games that the Vikings lost last year. Mm-hmm. They lost all of these games, and I think you, we we continue to not be able to, for whatever reason, wrap our brains around the fact that maybe this coaching staff is putting these the, this team in a better position to to win these close games. Well, and here's the other thing: football is notoriously changing all the time. We're seeing teams now saying, "Screw it, you get through the twenties. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But once you get into the red zone, that's where we're going to lock down and right. throw, show you some different looks and not allow you in." One for six in the red zone. That's the stat that matters yeah. that Minnesota's been playing. And it's, you know, one for six for the Jets, but that said, one of those was the pick at the end of the games. It was from the 19-yard line, technically a red zone. One of the field goals were from the 18, so technically a red zone appearance. So, I mean, again, it's like, yeah, red zone, but not necessarily. Let's talk to NBA slate on the other side, see if you have any picks for the night. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook here calling all soccer fans to lace up your cleats. With the World Cup in full swing now, now's the perfect time to check out Bet Rivers. Log into Bet Rivers every single match day and receive a bet on behalf of Bet Rivers when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create the perfect match day experience. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action. It's a whole new 
game. We're having all kinds of great discussions off right. camera. I know it's like it's like we need the, the the plus 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 subscription needs to keep going. We were just talking about this MVP race and how I'm saying I need to put in a burrow for an emotional hedge. Because <laughs> like, if I lose, if I lose, this hurts forty to one. And Joe Burrow, the guy that brought the national championship, the greatest quarterback in the history of LSU football, yep. wins the MVP. And I don't have a ticket on it. I'm going to feel like a moron. Guy who looks kind of like your brother. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to feel like a moron. So I'm going to probably just have to go out and and do that. He's pretty awesome. He, I mean, just 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 you know, he seems like a cool seems like a cool cat. Also, the I thing is, the thing is, and and the, the one thing that I uh, I I will say, we also have been Fox in studio here where he was talking about this this Bengal schedule. It's actually not that hard when you look at it because it's it's Browns, Bucks, Patriots, Ravens. And, like, Ravens, I mean, thrown in there as a Bills game, so that, that one's tough. But, like, the Browns aren't going to be good by next week. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks, we don't think, are a good team overall. And the Ravens might, may or may not have Lamar Jackson back as it is anyway. And the Patriots are definitely league average or, or below, in my opinion. I think what – so the Bengals' schedule was so incredibly hard and rated so hard before the season started because right. of where we thought all these teams would be at this juncture. And, look – he very well. I mean, I, I, he very well might fix everything in a week, but it doesn't seem like Deshaun Watson is is going to be Deshaun Watson anytime soon after that performance this past week. Uh, no, I was not impressed with that. I was also not impressed, by the way, something we just we, we discussed with the game plan of the yeah. the Cleveland Browns. What, right? what in the world, dude? Like Stefanski <laughs> was fake sharp. I'll admit, I, he he snowed me. Yeah, I thought he was going to be. Ooh, he's going I, for it on fourth yeah, down. Yeah, I yeah, thought this he was going to be. It, I know. I thought he was going to be a good. I thought he was going to be a good. I'm he with snowed, you. He no. snowed me. He's uh, fake sharp. When when I looked up in the first five minutes, he had eight pass uh. attempts, but they only ran it four yards, <laughs> and then Nick Chubb was averaging like seven yards. To carry, and I'm like, come on, like, what is happening right now? No, I agree, and I think too, like, when you when you evaluate their schedule going forward, you know, to get time to get ready for, like, as you're talking about some of these opponents, mm-hmm. when you're, like, I I um I think this schedule looks much more manageable than it really does on the on the surface. So I look, the path is there for them to potentially get the top seed in the AFC if they maintain this, and the path is there too because they just grabbed a win over the Kansas City Chiefs. They get the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. at home. They can win this division. Right. Or they can like, play like, their way into they, it. They can play yeah. their, essentially. Yeah. What do we say? They control their destiny. Yes. It seems yes. Yes. to get the number one seed in the AFC. So uh, one last one last thing I do want to talk about because you know, listen, it was not a win, but Brian Dayball even being able to tie the the commander like this team. Has he has been able to hold this team together when they have not had a? I mean, I, they haven't even come close to having all their players on the field at the same time. I mean, it, on the offensive side, on the defensive side, they lose guys mid-game. They do all this stuff. Guys getting sick, not being able to play, whatever it might be. The fact that he has been able to do what he—I know he's not going to win Coach of the Year because they're going to lose a lot of. Yeah, they're going to lose. Yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to lose out, and I'm going to get a push on my win total of yeah, over seven. Yeah, it's, like that's the way it's going right. to They're going to—they're going to lose a bunch of games down the stretch because there's no bodies out there. But the right. fact that he has been able to even keep this team competitive with how everything has broken down for them. It has been a coach of the year type performance. It's right. just you can't win it. You just can't win it whenever you're only going to win that, seven And that goes games. back to what we talk about, like the simplicity of voters. Yeah. You should be able to win it with the job that yes. he has done. If you actually evaluate what he has done here, uh, he will win. Or he should win. But he's not going to win 10-plus games, and thus, for some reason, yeah. that eliminates him from contention. No, I, I'm with you. They're like, devoid I, of talent, dude. Like, I mean, they, they, they don't have talent. They don't I mean, have any offensive alignment. They have no wide receivers. Let's be honest. Half the defense is out. We, he should win it as well because watch what is happening to Josh Allen over the last yeah. couple of weeks who can't, you know, all of a sudden stop throwing it and fumbling it to the other team. 
No, I like. I think Dable. It was part of the reason why I'm sitting on this win total and mm. waiting for one more victory from this team. <laughs> part of the like the top reason was Brian Dable's a genius, and he's going to be able to squeeze, as we have said, lemonade out of this rock that is the New York Giants, and he has done it so far. So let's head over to the NBA. Of course, I know you probably have something in your account tonight. Uh, Clippers and Hornets going at seven ten with the Clippers as five and a half point favorites, two seventeen and a half. There, 740 Eastern, we got the Thunder and the Hawks. The Hawks is six-point home favorites, 236.5 the total. 740 Celtics and Raptors with the Raptors as point-and-a-half home favorites, 228 the total there. 810 Eastern, Sixers and the Rockets. Sixers are eight-point road favorites, 222.5. Also at 810 Eastern, the Heat and the Grizzlies. The Heat, four-and-a-half on the road over the Grizzlies, 218.5 the total there. 840 Eastern Suns and Mavs. Mavs are two and a half point home favorites over the Suns with a 223 total. And then the final tip of the evening at 1010 Eastern, Pacers and the Warriors. Warriors are 10 and a half point home favorites with a 237 total. Anything on the slate jump out to you? So I just made one bet and and I'm regretting not making another. Uh, But the bet that I actually made, I took the Raptors early this morning, plus 105 on the money line. Mm -hmm. So it's flipped uh, now the favorite and uh, rightfully so. I think that's the price about where it should be. So there's a couple of interesting angles here. First off, the Raptors are starting to get healthy, uh, which is always a good thing. Pascal Siakam has been back for four games. So that's always good for their uh, starting five back on the floor, only missing out on pressure to Chua. Uh, So, you like the, the form that they're kind of in. Uh, good home team as well. 9-2 straight up, 8-3 and three against the spread. They've played a lot better at home than they have on the road. Also an interesting angle, I think, from a scheduling standpoint for the Celtics, Matt. They have uh, they just wrapped up a six-game homestand. Really mm-hmm. successful. They've been playing good basketball. Uh, second leg of a back-to-back, though, and playing their you know, second road game. And I think they haven't played on the road. You know, what was it? There was a 11, 12 day, six day homestand, something mm-hmm. like that. So it might be a little bit of a tougher situation against the Raptors team that is just well suited to play them. A bunch of defensive minded wings who can switch multiple times, throw to multiple bodies uh, at the Celtics and their guys and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, I have not made it. This is going to be the third out of four games that I've bet against the Celtics. It's not like I'm fading them, yeah. but you know, their ratings just really high. Right. And, right, and, right. I'm, and I'm really trying to kind of play against the market high pr- price that the Celtics are at at this point. So I sent you a text before the before the season started, which by the way you were on air and you didn't text me back. By the way, and I said, "What under what, what? In under what yeah. circumstance should I not bet the New Orleans Pelicans oh, to make yeah, the playoffs at like plus one eighty or whatever it was, plus one eighty five or some kind of some kind of stupid number like that?" Uh, the Pelicans find themselves fifteen and eight. Now there's a lot of basketball still to be played. Do yeah. not get me wrong, but they find themselves at fifteen and eight, one game back in the Western Conference. And honestly, man, I watched this team. You know, it was the only team I kind of root for just because, you know, that whatever, from Louisiana, even though they weren't there when I lived there. Um, and they look, to me, like it's real. I mean, I know that there's always something that can go wrong with any of these teams, of course, and in, in injury being the, the number one. But I, it seems like it's real to me. Where do, where do the wheels fall off here for the Pelicans? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it is real to, like, the mm-hmm. extent we've seen it. Like you said, are they, like, the second, first team in the West? May, I mean, maybe. Uh, there's a ch- We see this all the time, right? Teams take the regular mm-hmm. season a little bit more seriously. Uh, this is a Pelicans team that wants to win these games, obviously. They're a young team at that, which always helps. So, I would say there's certainly a degree of realness uh, to this squad. I, I think maybe the one thing that, like, if we're looking for something to potentially fall apart, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're the third best defensive team in the NBA. I think that's something that's really kind of surprised me uh, with how good that they have been. But even if you look at some of like the shot quality numbers that are out there, not really a far drop off from what they've done to what they should be. If you want to use that term, uh, giving up, no, like they're a really, really good team. And maybe, and we see this all the time, right? Teams put forward really good defensive seasons. And then when you get into best of seven series, you see teams hyper-focus on your weaknesses, exploit them and go after them. And guys like Zion Williamson will be tested defensively possession to possession once you get into some of these playoff series. 
But I think for like a regular season team, I don't see why not. Like, I don't see mm-hmm. why this team would not be as successful as they are, at least in terms of being like a top six seed and comfortably finishing in the postseason and not needing to worry about a play in berth. Of these teams that are currently in the playoff picture, and again, I save your tweets, guys. I know it's early, but like, is there is there one team that really stands out that you think, as if we're talking about wheels falling off? Like, is there any team that really does stand out? I mean, the, the Jazz being the obvious answer, but outside of let's let's just say outside of the super incredibly overperforming Jazz, is it you know is it the Warriors because of age and whatever? Is it because is it the Kings because of the the defense and things like that? What, what team is it? Do you think the wheels could really fall off? If we're if we're focusing on like top six specifically, mm-hmm. like not so much wheels falling off, but if you're the Sacramento Kings, like you're not going to get away, I think, with a top six mm-hmm. seed and playing some like relatively poor defense, right? Yeah. I, I think that's probably what you're looking at here in terms of like non-garbage time defensive efficiency. Sacramento, they've gotten better, but right now they're 18th in non-garbage time defensive efficiency. Uh, we've seen them play uh, much worse in that regard as well. Uh, that might start to slip a little bit for them. And like I said, wheels fall off, no. But like, should they comfortably be a top 10 team and, and fight their way for a play? And sure, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to look at them right now. And I think where are they at? Right, fourth. Or something like that fifth mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's probably some wiggle room for them to start to slip especially when you're seeing like a team like the Clippers start to get healthy potentially Kawhi Leonard Paul George potentially on the way back today like those types of teams might force their way back in and I mean don't look now the Lakers won eight out of ten and uh three straight maybe they are someone who's going to push somebody out of a play a playoff spot as we sit right now it is three three and a half in favor of the Bucks as we head into Monday Night Football tonight 40 and a half to 41 is the total. John, like we said, I mean, look, it's maybe between now and kickoff, I find yep. myself on a very small minus three bet on the Bucks, but I just don't have a, a, a real big opinion give on me, this one. Give me an opening drive touchdown from the Saints so yeah. I can get something nice on the Bucks in game. Let's go. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, again, oh, uh, no Marshawn Lattimore tonight yes. for the Saints, so he is out. So again, anybody anybody looking for a Mike Evans Marshawn Lattimore fight tonight, <laughs> uh, it's not going to happen. Thanks to everybody down at TPC Scottsdale for helping us make that happen and uh, we'll uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. I won't. <laughs> hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.